Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. On the episode today, I have Mary from Albany in New York. Uh, She's been sober for just over one year. Uh, So really looking forward to speaking to you today, Mary. I know it's 7am for you, (laughs) so it's nice and early. Um, So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, that's brilliant. So please, can you just give us a little intro so that we can get to know a bit about who you are? Yeah, so my name is Mary, um, and I live in New York now, but I'm actually originally from St. Louis, Missouri, so the middle of the U.S., um, and I am 24. Uh, I work in marketing, social media marketing, um, by day, and then I, you know, sobriety has become such a huge part of my life now, um, and then I also really like yoga. Um, I, I have a cat named Percy, who <laughs> I absolutely adore. Uh, and I live with my boyfriend, Rich. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Oh, I just love that name, Percy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he's cute. such a cutie. I had to kick <laughs> him out of the room. Oh, <laughs> uh, he wanted to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, fantastic. Um, so please describe what your life was like with alcohol. Yeah. So um, my life with alcohol was sort of... Uh, what I think is kind of considered normal, you know, for, for people who drink, it was, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I would have a glass of wine or two, um, on the weekends, I would have a couple of more drinks, you know, maybe three, four, five, but, um, I really thought that, you know, I was normal. And I think, unfortunately, I was. Like, that is really how most people who drink, it, it's just, it's such a part of the day-to-day life. Um, but I, I noticed that I wasn't feeling good. Um, and I, you know, physically I was just fatigued, brain fog. And, um, yeah, just mentally, you know, I wasn't at the top of my game and I kind of thought like, I was like, I guess this is just how everybody is, you know? Um, but once I thought that maybe I would want to do a reset, um, I started to think like, maybe there's another option. Maybe I don't have to feel like this all the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my life with alcohol was just, uh, I definitely, you know, I, I don't consider myself as somebody who had um, an addiction per se. I, you know, I, I didn't feel like I hit rock bottom. Um, and uh, so my my journey was different than people who do, you know. Um, but there's also a lot of people in my boat who are like, well, it's not that bad. So, uh, why should I stop? And, you know, you can stop at any point. You don't have to hit rock bottom. Yeah, I think that's um, a phrase that's really coming out a lot at the moment, isn't it? That you don't have to have the big rock bottom. Um, you can just not feel very good <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, in, in your drinking. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because I wonder whether whether you just drink a little bit or 
medium or a lot, whether the people around you all think that you're not, you know, you're not drinking that that badly because it's just the culture, isn't it? The culture for, for someone like you who just drank normally, which which I do relate to. I had periods of normal drinking and then more heavy drinking, and I was aware of the differences. But what I found quite fascinating is when I wanted to make that change, people were desperate to convince me that I was okay. And I just mm-hmm. wonder whether that's always the case, if that makes sense, whether you drink only one glass a week or whether you drink two bottles of wine a night, are people still saying, no matter what the consumption is, you're fine. <laughs> because there's that psychology, isn't there, where people need to feel comfortable around yeah. people that are making changes. Exactly. Yeah. So many people in my family, they were like, oh, I didn't know you had a problem. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I... I it's kind of confusing because like I I don't think I had a problem the way that people think of it but uh I think that alcohol was a problem in my life and I think it's a problem in a lot of people's lives but they just don't realize it yeah I I completely agree with that and I also think that people are probably aware that alcohol is a problem and then they sort of live in denial for quite a while, or they keep pushing those feelings down. I, I certainly did that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm quite fascinated um, because, you know, when I think about my journey, I started drinking when I was 14 and I finally managed to quit at 41. Um, so, you know, you obviously started drinking and now you're 24 and you have a year of sobriety. So you stopped around 23, which is, you know, in comparison to me, it's quite a lot younger. I was still, you know, full on in that party <laughs> mode at 23. Yeah. Um, so I'm really fascinated about how you got to that point so quickly, I suppose, um, where you where you were starting to recognize that that, that it was problematic. What, what did that sort of lead up to, to, to stopping? What did that look like? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, my my history of drinking was for sure a lot shorter than probably most people's. I mean, I didn't really start drinking until I was 17 or 18 uh, and um, in college, you know, drank a lot and um, then quit when I was 23. So I feel definitely fortunate that I did not have to go through as much as a lot of other people do. Uh, uh, but um um, can you repeat the question? Yeah, sure. No, I, I to be honest, I, I probably made it a bit long-winded anyway. Basically, I'm I'm fascinated that I'm, I'm interested. What were the signs that you had that were leading up to making that decision to stop? You know, was it you you just had a few nights out and you decided you were getting fed up, or was it sort of did you start feeling from the very beginning that it wasn't? very nice or wasn't very normal or you weren't enjoying drinking you know what what were the things that made you realize it was becoming problem problematic yeah yeah definitely so um so I quit June 1st of 2021 the previous month May um there were a lot of different celebrations parties like it was a busy month and so I was drinking a lot uh, and um I noticed that and that I in addition to that I was feeling just worse than I normally feel, you know, just more tired, more, um, kind of ashamed, you know, there was some of that emotional baggage that came along with it. Uh, and so I said to myself and my boyfriend, you know, I'm going to do a dry June. I'm going to just not drink for the month of June and see how I feel. 
Um, and you know, I figured I'll go back to drinking afterwards, but, um, take a little break. Um, and so that's really how it started. And my boyfriend ended up doing it with me. And then, um, you know, we decided that we didn't want to stop. Um, but some of the other things that were, that led up to me quitting drinking, um, was also, I had started taking antidepressants in October of 2020. So like 10 months before eight months. Um, and I just, I also kind of came to this realization that like, I'm, I'm actively taking a depressant every day of drinking alcohol. Um, and so there was a part of me that was like, maybe I haven't given these a full chance to work. Uh, and so that was part of the decision too, is I was like, I want to see how my mood changes and see if I, you know, feel like maybe these drugs that I'm trying to take to help me, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe I haven't really given them a chance yet. So that was part of it as well. Um, yeah, that's that's really that's really fascinating, actually. Um, and we'll come on to a bit more of that maybe in a moment. So you made a decision you wanted to do the dry June as a sort of challenge uh, type thing, but with the mindset that you might pick up a drink at the end of that month. Yeah. So describe what happened when. So basically, that, at that point when you got sober, what happened in that thirty days, and what did you do to continue? that sort of journey into early sobriety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, definitely a disclaimer right off the bat. Like I said, I didn't have an addiction or, you know, I, I, I didn't have that physical dependence. I had an emotional dependence for sure, but I didn't experience withdrawal symptoms. You know, I, uh, it was a very different experience for me than it is for other people. Um, and so my first 30 days were really positive and, they kind of continued to get more and more positive as I went on. Um, and it was really just, you know, feeling like, uh, number one, I was kind of taking control of my life. It, it felt like, a, um, it, it just felt like an important step for me. Uh, and I noticed uh, all of these physical changes as well, just sleeping better. Um, I noticed my mood being better, having more energy, feeling like I was doing better at work. Um, so Uh, all of those um, things made me realize like, you know, like I don't really want to start drinking again. Like maybe I'll just go another month. And that's kind of how I saw it at first was like, I'll just do this as long as it serves me. And uh, whenever it doesn't anymore, then maybe I'll drink. Uh, I didn't really want to set a really hard and fast rule for myself. Um, I wanted to feel like I was still actively kind of making this decision because it was best for me. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely amazing, isn't it? To go into it. Um, obviously you had the motivation as well in terms of mental health and I completely understand that you know you'd want to give yourself that best opportunity I I would definitely Mm -hmm. be the same Um, but you just had so many positives in those first 30 days that then you carried on Um, and Mm -hmm. I I, I, yeah I I think that's absolutely brilliant what what did you do then did you do did you read any quit lit or in that sort of first hundred days then just broadening that time, that time frame, Mm -hmm. when did you get into the sort of emotional sobriety work? If, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great point because um, I think that was what was really different about it this time around, because I had previously done a dry January and I was kind of like, um, I felt more like I was just counting down the days until I could drink again. Um, but this time it was different. And part of it was because I was reading Quitlet. I was reading um, 
Holly Whitaker's book, uh, forgetting Quit. the name. Quit Like a Woman. Quit Like a Woman. Yep. Um, amazing book. Loved it. And um, I was on Instagram. I had just joined, I think, like the end of May. And I started connecting with the sober community there. And that really is what um, started to change my mind. Because number one, I like found people who I really related with, like people who were young and who quit um, kind of as like a health choice or, you know, um, and I realized like, oh, like I don't, you know, it's not weird necessarily to quit just because I want to feel better, you know, or, you know, I don't have to hit rock bottom, that whole idea. Um, So uh, that is really what started to happen. And then, yeah, going back to the antidepressants, I did, I noticed my mood turning around big time and I was talking to my therapist throughout and I was like, wow, um, I kind of thought that I had hit like what would be, you know, I don't know, just like my baseline, but I was, and then suddenly it changed and it was really amazing and eye opening. Like, uh, there was kind of like a whole, whole parts of myself that I didn't know, um, were there because I had kind of stamped them out for several years. Um, so that was what was really important about my first 100 days was kind of just continuing to explore new parts of myself. Um, and that's when I started doing yoga. Uh, and it was like, um, it was just really like a self-exploration journey and it was really amazing. And I, I kind of feel like that's sort of what's continued and what I've, um, my life has just really changed and been better than I imagined the past year, not because of like any promotions or, you know, new huge things, but it's like, I'm starting to really get to know myself and uh put that out in the world and it feels awesome like you know I didn't realize how great it would feel just to like really feel like I'm getting to know myself and embodying myself out there oh absolutely love that (laughs) um that's been probably the most common thread throughout these conversations that I've been having with people is just the simplicity of having that space and that present frame of mind and just the awareness to just start to get to know who you are and also just start to really like who you are. I think that's just so beautiful. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, some, something that I've, that I share as well. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like when you try to describe it to people, it's, it can be quite hard to describe, um, but it's yeah, I, I think being in being in that sort of bubble of of yourself and exploring things that you like and getting into new things and and I, you know, I'm like you as well, Mary. I've got into yoga and uh, I, I don't get to practice it as much as I would love to with my three kids and now my podcast and all the things that I <laughs> all the plates that I like to spin. Um, yeah. But when I do it, I feel amazing, and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I've accepted will you know, I, I will be able to sort of pick it up and put it down and that's going to be okay yep. until when I get a bit older, maybe I can sort of get a little bit more into it and the kids are a bit more independent and I can go off to the sea and do it on my own and mm-hmm. <laughs> have these like nice images of what that might look like. Um, so um, though all of those things so far are super positive and, and and I think that's what sobriety is. But what about the things that were kind of tricky? What did you find was the most difficult? Yeah, um, 
So I think uh, kind of along the same lines, the hardest part for me was the emotional journey that I was going through because I did experience so many highs over the past year and in the, in the first 100 days. Um, but that obviously didn't come without lows, without challenges. And um, part of the whole deal of getting to know yourself is kind of having to come to terms with parts of yourself that you didn't uh, fully accept before. Um, and, you know, I was dealing with things like uh, past trauma or regrets or shame, you know, things to do with even uh, things that I did when I was drinking that I felt really dumb about and uh, shameful. And um, so it was having to kind of like look those in the face. Um, and that was something that I wanted to do. You know, it wasn't, um, I could have ignored it. I could have continued to ignore it, but uh, part of this whole journey I was on was like, you know, I'm starting to really like love my whole self and I want to continue that. So I want to forgive myself for the past and, you know, have understanding and love for who I was before and also uh, love for who I am now and for who I will be and not expect myself to sit into this box. Um, and so to deal with that, with that challenge, um, I was uh, talking to my therapist often, I think every other week. And so she was helping me through that. Um, and then having sort of these other things that I was doing, uh, like journaling and reading Quitlet and uh, trying to do things like sleep better, uh, which was really important for that yoga. Um, but for me, it was like the most important thing was sobriety was at kind of the center and all of these other things, uh, sort of like, as I have the emotional capacity and, uh, the desire to do these things, then I will do it. So I never wanted to make myself be like, okay, like I have to do yoga five times a week. Cause it's like, uh, I'm trying to figure out who I am. Like maybe I'm not a person who does yoga five times mm. a week. So I wanted to give my space, myself space to kind of explore that. Yeah, that's right. I think it's, it's so nice, isn't it? When you sort of stop being so hard on yourself and you just yeah. accept that, well, we're human and sometimes yeah. we get things right. And sometimes we get things quite wrong. And I think that, I don't know where that comes from really, but that almost sort of, um, that needs to be really good or perfect at something. And, and that's kind mm -hmm. of linking to what I was saying with the yoga thing. Like, yeah, I wish I could do it a bit more, but I just can't at the moment. And so that's okay. Like, don't, don't, that's don't, okay. yeah. don't stress about it. You will come mm -hmm. back to it when you have more pockets of time. At the moment, mm -hmm. you have a lot going on, Terry. Like, just be be kind to yourself. Don't, don't, yep. don't push yourself. And I think that's such, I think a lot of that is lost in the booze fog. You just don't mm -hmm. have that ability to assess all the things that you want in life, where you're going in life, the things that you might need to cut or pull back on. And when you take that big blanket of wine or whatever the drink is of choice, mm -hmm. you know, when you take that off, um, you just get to see more clearly, don't you? And you just start to tune into your body a lot more and know mm -hmm. what it needs and know what you want. Um, yeah. So I, I think I think that's I think that's really lovely, and and so um, in your uh, quest for uh, learning about this new you, did you were you interested in the brain science and around the way you know alcohol affects you and all of that sort of stuff? And it was that that's something I've been really fascinated in more recently. But um, you know about about how alcohol obviously is a depressant or you know sensitive, mm -hmm. and you know when it comes into the brain, the different changes and. 
all of that? Is that something you've been exploring? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of, I definitely went into like a little rabbit hole of just uh, <laughs> podcasts like yours and and uh, people on Instagram and uh, even like, you know, research papers and books. And yeah. I went into that whole thing of like, uh, and realizing it, it was cool being like in that, in that journey and being able to say like, oh, wow, look how bad this is. Like, I'm so grateful that I'm not doing that anymore. And also it, it kind of fueled my Instagram page too, being like, uh, I want to help uh, at least put my journey out there in case it inspires or teaches or just gives a safe space to some someone else who might be uh, curious about about quitting drinking. Yeah, absolutely. And what about your um, friendships? H- have any of those changed since you got sober or yeah yeah um you know it was a funny time to get sober because it was uh you know in in the midst of everything happening with COVID and stuff I actually think that it was kind of a good thing because I was trying to avoid people and places so it was like I was staying at home with my boyfriend who was also stopping drinking and so we had our little community there our little sober community um but uh, and then I also had the benefit of a lot of my family doesn't drink uh, because of alcoholism and drug addiction and stuff. So um, in my family, I had that community also of non-drinkers. Um, and with my friends, uh, I I moved to Albany um, not very long ago. So I was making new friends and I was worried that it might impede that. Uh, but I haven't found that to be true. I mean, um, I, I haven't had any issues. I even went to a bachelorette party last weekend with a friend that I made since I moved to Albany and half the group didn't drink and the other half did. And it wasn't a problem. You know, it was like kind of no big deal. So um, I've been pleasantly surprised by how little it matters to people. Do you know, I think you've just uh, touched on something really, really important there. And um I really agree with that. And I don't know if if you had this feeling as well, but I know when I got sober um, and I met new friends, I I felt insecure that I didn't drink in those situations. Mm -hmm. I thought that people might not want to be my friend. That sounds really childish, isn't it? But, you know, when I met people that I liked... I would be quite quick to lay that on the table that, well, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I almost, almost as if to say, I, I, you know, I like you, you could be a nice friend of mine, but I'm just telling you that I don't drink just so that you can make the choice. If you want, you know, if you don't want a friend that doesn't drink, <laughs> you can kind mm-hmm. of go through that door over there. Um, and I still feel like that a little bit now three years in it's 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 a really challenging one isn't it as as a half of me feels annoyed that I feel so worried about it but it is I do feel nervous sometimes when I meet new people because I automatically assume that they're just not going to want to socialize with me because I'm not going to be drinking three bottles of Prosecco with them uh, when Mm -hmm. the the kids are in bed Um, so yeah yeah, when, it is still, yeah, it's a w- weird thing still for me um, because I also, I, people who drink, I don't want them to feel like they can't drink around me. And so I always, I don't know, sometimes I think I go overboard being like, hey, I don't drink, but it's okay if you do. I really yeah. don't care. You know, I promise um, I'm not going to try to change you. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I think that that's something that I need to like think about more and work on because, um, I don't care that they don't, that they don't drink. They probably, or that they drink and they probably don't care that I, 
don't. And, um, you know, I want it not to be such a big deal in this world. So maybe I need to go out there and practice that myself. I just, I just think that's, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Um, it's so interesting, but I, you know, I really resonate with what you say there that you have, when you do push yourself out there and you try to socialize with new people or, you know, more recently I've formed some new friendships that I do wonder, you know, would we be such good friends if I was old Terry? I think I'd be too boozy for them because they're not Mm. big drinkers. But I have these like really special new friendships developing and um, and I really, really appreciate them. And it's it was, was such a nice surprise to me that I might make friends like this, you know, in my nearly mid 40s. And not only that, but they're also not formed on drinking and mm-hmm. um, I think that's just I just think that's really lovely and I do think that when you are going into sobriety in the very beginning that is probably one of the biggest fears that people have is mm-hmm. will I lose my friends or will I ever make new friends mm-hmm. you know and you feel a little bit lost don't you in in those early days and mm-hmm. although, it's, although it sounds like you had a perfect approach with your partner and you were just in your COVID bubble and I think that's, yeah. that you are quite protected and that's that's lovely as well mm-hmm. um, is, is your boyfriend still sober is he still on the journey with you yeah yeah so he um he did start drinking again in July, that July that I decided to keep staying sober. Um, and he went like a month and he was like, yeah, <laughs> forget <laughs> this. Like I felt so much better before. Um, so, uh, and you know, both of us, I think we are still kind of taking it loosely. Like now we definitely identify as people who don't drink. Um, but he says, you know, like maybe there are occasions where I would and, um, that, that occasion has to come around. I don't know if it ever will, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, we're just sort of taking it day by day and it, it's really working for us. And, um, you know, we're both really, our, our work is important to us and our relationships are important to us and not having alcohol in our life has made us be able to dedicate ourselves more and more to those things. Yeah, I re- I really hear that. And I think as well, one of the really nice things about this community, the sober community, is just the, the I'd say most of the time, it's not always, but the general acceptance of the approach that people take is the right one for them. You know, there mm-hmm. is no one size fits all. And, and aren't we lucky to live in an age where there's not only the door into AA and that's it. There are so mm-hmm. many variations now of what getting sober and sobriety looks like. For some people, they need to go into it. Like for me personally, I just knew that's it. Never drinking again. Bang, done. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Annie Grace on her, in her book and her podcast, obviously, she talks about shrinking alcohol, making it very small. You don't have to be never say never. You can do more Mm -hmm. like your approach in that, well, it's a decision that I can make at any point, but I just choose not to drink Mm -hmm. today or, you know, whenever. And I love that. I think that like there's this big sort of hybrid, different ways of doing it. And I think that that's whatever it takes is the right way you know so totally yeah and also the ability to switch between those you know it's just like I I love how how flexible my life has become um where it's like there are days months where I'm like no I'm never drinking again and then there are times when it's like maybe I will and I don't judge myself for being one way or the other you know it just it's how I'm feeling in the moment yeah 
No, that's great. Um, so what would you say has been your biggest gain? I appreciate this. This is a hard question, right? Because there's so many gains. But what's, what would you say to your sort of number one life-changing thing that's happened to you in sobriety? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of what I've been harping on the whole time uh, that it, it's my gain has been getting to know myself and being more comfortable in my own body and my own skin. Um, and that has meant many things. I mean, it's been able being able to explore a bunch of new hobbies and, uh, you know, yoga, which has now become such an important part of my life that I didn't even, you know, I didn't enjoy, didn't want to do before I got sober. Um and, uh, I mean, yeah, like crafts and, uh, music. And I mean, uh, there's been so many parts of myself that I have never really given light to before. And I feel like I just didn't have time to, um, and suddenly I have so much more time and I, I have so much fun deciding how I'm going to spend each day and each moment. Um, and then also, you know, kind of like the deeper emotional, spiritual work of, um, you know, who am I, who do I want to be out in the world? Uh, who do I want to be in my relationships? Um, and kind of like, yeah, getting to evolve over the past year and feeling like I'm really, uh, becoming my best self, uh, which sounds like, I don't know, kind of dumb, but, um, it's, I, the way that I feel, um, I've never felt like so happy or sure of myself before. And, um, so, you know, as much as I would laugh, if somebody else said that, like, I'm telling you, it's true. Like I really (laughs) do. Um, I really do feel awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true actually. Um, yeah, my husband sometimes makes a joke about that line, you know, being your best self. Mm-hmm. But I, I completely agree. I, I just, I, it is a bit of a cheesy line, but it really describes it, doesn't it? It is. Yeah, you are yeah. being your best self. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And what about your um, sort of self-esteem and self-confidence? Has there mm-hmm. been big shifts in, in, in those areas? Yeah, I I think there has been because, um, you know, I used alcohol as a crutch for sure uh, in social situations and um, being forced time and time again over the past year to not and to find that inner strength um, has helped me grow my self-confidence a lot. And, you know, it wasn't that was definitely something that was more of a a growth journey. It didn't happen overnight and I'm still working on it. Um, But um, you know, realizing that for me and for a lot of other people, I, I needed a drink or a couple to feel like I was ready to meet new people. Um, and trying to find who that bubbly person was with a couple of drinks, but find it, you know, now sober and put that forward. And also, um, again, like giving myself grace to realize like, sometimes it's going to be awkward. Sometimes it's not going to click. Like sometimes I'm going to feel bad about myself and like, that's all part of the human experience. Um, so I, I think that it definitely has increased, but kind of just like by having to practice. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I don't know if you went through something similar, but when, um, before when I was drinking, I was quite loud. (laughs) I, you know, I was sort of, always on the dance floor or actually mm-hmm. if, there was, if there was a table get me on that table instead <laughs> I mean I you know I was quite outrageous really I was just a, a very fun kind of party girl and, and 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 a lot of people you know loved that version of me or at least I, I thought they did you know that that party side when the alcohol 
went away, I started to realize that I was a bit more shy in mm. social situations than I thought I was. And I found that really alien at first, like being aware of a bit of shyness, almost a little bit of introvert, although most people would say that's not my usual character. But <laughs> I mean, I, I I had those moments where I felt introvert mm-hmm. or I felt shy and I had to sort of learn to navigate them. And I still have them now. And sometimes if I'm in a situation with work colleagues, so not, not my not my kind of people, if you know what I mean, that I would choose to spend yeah. lots of time with outside. I mean, but, you know, if, I, if I'm with strangers or people at work, but I don't know that well, um, and also they're quite different people to me, um, thinking of making conversation in those moments, that's when mm-hmm. I really notice a drink makes everything, you know, would have made everything so much easier. And instead I mm-hmm. have to use my brain. And <laughs> have you experienced something like that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I, um, I totally agree with the f- kind of realizing I'm a little bit more shy than I thought. <laughs> and, um, that I also, yeah, get more tired out by these social situations that yes. I thought, uh, that I realized and that there are times like, um, you know, even at like the bachelorette party last weekend where it was like, you know what, I need to take like 30 minutes to myself and, go and like listen to music and just be quiet for a little bit and um or you know at a wedding like I'm gonna go just stand outside for like 10 minutes and just get a breath of air and you know get away from all that stimulation and all those people um like I I've I've never really had to kind of like mitigate that before Mm -hmm. um but then uh it's really can be recharging too to kind of um realize again that nobody really is paying as much attention to me as I think, or they care as much about what I'm doing. And that right now in this moment, like, you know, I need this for myself and this will really feel good. And, um, being able to do it, uh, whereas before I would have just masked those feelings with alcohol and then been exhausted and emotionally and drained and, you know, mm-hmm. not my best self. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think that's so beautifully put actually. Um, yeah, and I and I completely relate to that. Um, so uh, I can't believe how fast the time is going, but we are going, we're coming towards the end now. Um, so, what are your top three tips on staying sober? Yeah, um, so I gave this some thought. So my number one is um, uh, non-alcoholic beverages. Um, that has been like totally a lifesaver to me so much so that I'm surprised I haven't brought it up yet, but, um, it was, you know, my, my favorites are athletic brewing, which is a beer company and, um, ritual spirits, which is non-alcoholic spirits. And cause I, I really do love like having a cold beer and a taste of beer. I love a glass of wine or a cocktail. Um, and I can still enjoy those things without the negative effects of the alcohol. And again, coming from someone who didn't have, you know, like an addiction. And so these aren't triggering to me um, where they might be for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, But those have been really, really awesome for me. So we always have our fridge stocked and I've gone to parties with a six pack of NA beer in my hand and been able to feel like I'm part of the, you know, part of the excitement and part of the fun um, and less uh, feeling less like, like I'm missing out, you know, less FOMO. So um, that has been really awesome for me. Yeah, fantastic. I, I um, yeah, in the beginning, especially, uh, I would take my own drinks to places. Um, I think some places are getting better now. There are certainly more 
um, more interesting non-alcoholic mm-hmm. drinks out there. And and actually, where I live, it's a quite a small town, if you like. There is a sober bar here. I mean, oh, that is cool. really, you know, you expect this sort of thing in London, but I've just got it down the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And, you know, it's got every single um non-alcoholic spirit and beer and 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 mm-hmm. I don't want to and it's it's absolutely fascinating and amazing so I think that is a that is a, a fantastic tip so that's your first tip so what what are the mm-hmm. other two yeah so the next one is having a community um which you know I had with my boyfriend and my family and um, also on Instagram like that was then one of the biggest ones um and I started going to recovery bar which is um, a bar class on Sundays, it's free, that has a little recovery meeting before it too. Um, and that is run by, the Instagram account is Be Well Bar. Um, and so that was really awesome, you know, being able to connect with like-minded people and, and start to make friends. And um, yeah, again, just Instagram, being able to follow all these people and, and feel like I have a little virtual community of people who are like me. Yeah, I, I, I think Instagram is amazing for sobriety. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. so strong. Um, and, you know, when I, I got sober when I was 30, first time, and there was none, none of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I tried again at 38, 9. Um, and, yeah, there wasn't really even anything there. That was only a few years ago, yeah. really. But yeah. uh, even just since I've had an Instagram account, so since, since it's been, I've been 50 days sober up until now, just over three years, the mm-hmm. community just grows so much every single day. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I see new accounts popping up all Constantly. the time. Yeah. I just think it's amazing. And actually... Um, you probably get this as well on, on on your feed when you post things. So many people appreciate the honesty mm-hmm. or the tips, or if they yeah. reach out for a bit of bit of help. And everybody, you know, and and like you, I just really like helping. You know, I want people mm-hmm. to have a successful journey into sobriety because I yeah. believe so passionately that living alcohol free is it is the way forward. Um, and unless yeah. Yeah. unless you are someone that can have a drink, like my husband, maybe once or twice a year, and that's it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> which I think I think that's quite unusual. To be honest, I know. Yeah, but, um, that's mind blowing to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Same. Um, but yeah, I think the community is a fabulous, um, a fabulous mm-hmm. tip. And you have to follow people that resonate with you. Like, like you mm-hmm. said earlier um, in the, in the chat, you know, find your people that, you know, find right. your tribe. You know, you're, you're obviously coming into sobriety much sooner than a lot of people. And I've, mm-hmm. I've got the, the mum angle, you know, and the mummy right. angle. So I got a lot of people that are drawn to me for that. Um, yep. so yeah, I, I just think it's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. fantastic. So last tip yeah so my last tip is kind of like we've been saying this whole time is just give yourself grace and um forgive yourself and take it really easy you know um don't take on too much you know uh don't go on a whole health cleanse and you know workout journey while you're giving up alcohol like for me it was important just to give up alcohol and um take everything else really easy. You know, it was like alcohol and my therapy appointments and everything else. Like I can decide yes or no, you know, at any point. So, um, just really focusing on that and not trying to put my energy in so many different places because it took a lot of work and attention and time. Um, those first couple of weeks and months to just, 
um, do kind of what my body and mind needed in order to, to keep not drinking. So, um, yeah, so that, that would definitely be my number three. Oh, absolutely love that one. Um, well, I, in, in my first episode of this podcast, I sort of tried to interview myself and, um, mm-hmm. and one of my tips was very similar. It, it was around just setting expectations and, it, but it was mm-hmm. the same sort of message. Don't try to do everything at yeah. once. Feel confident that just stopping drinking and trying to focus on yourself is enough. And a, a lady reached out to me recently, and I think she had something like two or three weeks of sobriety, but she was, you know, worrying about the sugar cravings and she was eating too much or too high sugar foods. And she's saying, please, what, what can I do? Can you? And I said, just don't do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Just eat the sugar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't try and take on too much. It's such great advice because just not drinking is enough and if you can get through some months of doing that and you build your confidence and you feel strong then you can start maybe bringing the odd thing here or there into play but there are Mm -hmm. so many books out there and there are so many podcasts there's so much learning to do that you could fill up I feel like I've filled up three years on that alone um, absolutely so yeah no I think they they're fantastic tips really really good thank you um so if you're open to sharing how can people find you or follow your journey yeah so I share my journey on Instagram um at your sober bff and um yeah so I I post sort of you know uh somewhat regularly about um the you know NA drinks that I'm liking and um, stories about, you know, going to my first wedding alcohol free or going, I'll probably post about the bachelorette party alcohol free, um, things like that. And, um, so definitely I, I like to engage with people on there. And I talk to a lot of people over messages who are looking for advice and wanting to tell me about their experience. So, um, I'm, I, I love when people reach out. So I, I would encourage everybody to do so. Oh, I think that's amazing. And and I really hope people do. I think if you can get some advice from somebody that's got a really good chunk of sobriety under their belt, just like you, it it, it can really change someone's life if they reach out mm-hmm. and they get that bit of advice. And I just think mm-hmm. it's so lovely. Yeah. Um, so, oh, thank you so much for your time today. It's been absolutely thank you. wonderful to get to know you. And it's always so lovely to put a face to a name. So, uh, yeah, and, a great and, and start you're doing to my day. So early as well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you just, it's so early for you. So, um, yeah, all the appreciation. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. Uh, and thanks, everyone. And see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.